This is recording number 10815 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Vallejo, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, May 10, 2009. This message is titled, The Motherhood of God. chapter 23. I told you earlier that we were going to be talking about the motherhood of God. And this is not just some sort of, um, I don't know, um, pandering uh, to mothers. This is not just some sort of um, uh, attempt on my part to uh, be relevant on Mother's Day or to kind of shoehorn the, the scriptures into saying something that would be uh, uh, appropriate for the day. I, it's, clearly, I prepared this message f- for Mother's Day, but the, um, what we're going to be talking about today is of great importance to us because um, I believe that uh, there is a whole spectrum of God's character, God's um, the way God deals with us and treats us the way God sees us and cares for us that we often miss because we kind of uh, see him narrowly in terms of uh, masculine father uh, terminology. And and I, I said right up front earlier to, uh, this morning that the Bible uh, c- clearly addresses God as father and uses always exclusively uh, male pronouns when it's talking about God, but but it also clearly demonstrates that God is much greater or bigger than any uh, stereotype you could ever uh, try to confine him to, and that's true of gender as well. <clears throat> and so I want today to take a look at uh, what the Bible has to say about the characteristics of God that um, are most, uh, for us, most often modeled by mothers. Of course, every mother is only an imperfect reflection of the motherhood of God. All right. You know, my uh, wife and I were not uh, here a couple of weeks ago. We were in uh, on the island of Kauai, and uh, we had been there one other time, so this was our second visit, so it wasn't quite a shock to us as it was the first time. But when you go to that uh, island on, in the, in the uh, South Pacific, uh, you, you are greeted with a curiosity. Everywhere you go, there are um, wild chickens. <laughs> everywhere you go. I mean everywhere you go. Anyway, you're at this really nice upscale resort, and you're awakened every morning to the crowing of roosters. <laughs> There's something odd about that. But we could sit on our lanai outside the, the room and watch, you know, this, <laughs> this drama unfold with roosters and, and uh, hens and their chicks and, you know, all this, everybody's staking out their territory and stuff. It was wild. It was very interesting. But uh, as I observed these, these hens with their chicks, and it's very cute, you know. 
to watch all these little chicks. They would, they would go under their mother's wings and back out and under and back out. And they just, you know, always trying to herding around her wherever she would go. This passage in, Rome, uh, in Matthew chapter um, 23, verse 37, I asked you to turn to, says this. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus is speaking. And he looks out over the city of Jerusalem, the place that has been, uh, was, was uh, supposed to be. Uh, the place where God manifests his presence, the site of his, the location, the, the one geographic location in the, in the world from which would emanate or, or extend uh, his, the sense of his presence, um, not to be uh, undervalued in any way. But the record of the city of Jerusalem had been a continual rejection of God, a continual rejection of the message of the prophets that God would send to them. And so Jesus, he knows he's, he's on his way to um, uh, crucifixion, and he's going to be another one of those whom, and I don't mean to say that Jesus was just another prophet, but he is going to be another one of those whom the people of Jerusalem will not listen to. He knows this. And so he... <clears throat> He looks out over the city and with lament, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathered, gathers her chicks under her wings. So clearly, Jesus uh, is wanting us to understand that there's something about this analogy of the motherhood of God that's very vital to us to understand. He could have used a different metaphor here, but he chose to use uh, this metaphor of the hen and her chicks for us to see something different about uh, God and about uh, the way that he cares for us. So, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. We're going to come back to this verse a little bit later. But for now, just notice this metaphor of the, uh, the chicks and the hen and the wings because we're going to look at several verses now that are related to that illustration. And we're going to talk about what it means regarding God and uh, the way that he treats us. So in Psalm 36, verse 7, it says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. I, I pray that you had um, a mother, that you have a mother, who was someone you could trust, your confidant. I did. I could talk to my mom. I mean, my mom and I have had our plenty of uh, differences, and I've had a lot of uh, struggle uh, in the way that I related to her. But one of the things that I, will, I can say for certainty, or of a certainty, is that I could always count on her uh, to keep trust with me. I could uh, talk to her about things I couldn't talk to anybody else about and know that she would never use it against me, never ridicule me for it, Always treasure it and keep it. We have a God in heaven, dear one, who is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. The things that rattle around in your soul that you, you don't even, you're, you're not uh, wanting even to acknowledge to yourself. Those desires, those longings, those issues. Uh, you, 
you know, the other day I, I, was, uh, I breathed one of those quickie little prayers and I said, God, I'm angry with you. And that came out of my mouth and I thought, ooh, I better look out for a lightning bolt. <laughs> but at the moment it was true. I was angry with God. And to say otherwise or to pretend otherwise would not have been truthful to my relationship with him. And so I said, God, I'm angry with you. He didn't recoil from that. But I could feel, I could feel the sense of God uh, lovingly uh, accepting me no matter what was going on in me. And then I could say, you know what, God, I, I know that I'm not really, it's not really you I'm angry with. <laughs> and then the Lord could help me get past that, that, uh, that issue. But I needed a confidant in that moment. I needed someone I could trust with the feelings that I had and sort them out. Our God in heaven is like that. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, it says, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Were you ever one of those kids who uh, your mom always wanted to kiss and make it better? Fall and skin your knees. Oh, let me kiss that and make it better. I, 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 thought, I thought it actually worked. <laughs> and it did. There was something about mom's tender, loving care. I remember I was messing around with some friends, um, and my mom and dad were gone for, for some reason. And we, we decided, we got these, this uh, crazy idea, we would make some bows and arrows. <laughs> So, you know, little boys, they just do weird things. So we, we started cutting off branches from trees and stuff. And I, I was, <laughs> was going to notch uh, a stick, you know, with, so that it would fit onto the string for the arrow. I had my knife. I got a knife, you know. I'm just, anyway, I'm holding this thing, and I got this knife, and I'm going to notch. You can tell where this is going, right? I'm notching it like this, and it goes... And a big old honking gash in my, in my finger. And I just remember, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I need my mommy. I remember that so clearly. What I really needed was a doctor and some sutures. But uh, in my mind, it was mommy that I needed. And I can't tell you the relief that I felt when she pulled up in her car. I knew that I was going to get scolded for being such a stupid idiot. But I also knew... She was going to make it better somehow. Now, we have a God in heaven who is the great physician. Whatever ails you, whatever form of brokenness has overtaken you, our God in heaven gathers us under his wings, and there's healing. There's healing there. In Psalm 91, verse 4, it says, He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. Have you ever been in a storm in your life? Where it seems like the, the winds and, and ravages are going to just uh, uh, blow you away. We have a God in, in heaven who in those times of uncertainty and, and uh, fear draws us to himself. Like those chicks under the wings... And provides for a shelter through the storms of life. Then in Ruth, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 2, 
verse 12. It says, The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. And we're told in this passage that we have a God in heaven who, when he gathers us as a hen gathers her chicks, part of what he's doing is providing reward for you. Um, we have entered the stage of grandparenthood. In fact, our grandson, we have two grandchildren, and our grandson is with us. It's just a delight to watch him. He just started learning, or he just started walking and all that. It's, it's so much fun. But <clears throat> one of the great things about being grandparents is giving gifts. And, and it's just, you know, such a delight to uh, um, have... Uh, like when we went to Hawaii to be to be out there, kind of looking for uh, we 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 bought the, the this little uh, uh, Hawaiian shirt and shorts for for a little um, Nolan, and you know you don't know if it's actually going to fit or anything, but you just can't wait to to present it to them, you know, to see him dressed up in it, and there's a, del- a delight in that. Have you ever thought about God delighting to to reward you, to bless you? Just because? I mean, most of us, we think that God is looking if the, to see if there's anybody on this planet he can reward, and it certainly isn't me. But that's not the heart of God. We have a heart of God who is like uh, de- described here in the book of Ruth, who just delights and loves to give gifts to his people. And, and, you know, a lot of times that takes the form of material things, but other times not. Other times it's a gift of a friend at the right moment. A kind word when you need it. But you think back through your, um, just this past week, likely there wasn't a day that went by, if you're honest with yourself, when God didn't appear and show himself loving toward you, willing to give gifts to you. Because that's, that's what he's like. Then in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, it says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And it's talking about the strength of God. I talked earlier about um, you know, the challenge of motherhood. You know, we tend to, th- sometimes people will say, that women are the weaker sex. And they try to actually blame that on the Bible. They try to blame that statement on the Bible. That's what the Bible says. No, it does not. It doesn't say that at all. <clears throat> but we tend to think of it that way. But listen, I don't know anybody who can be more um, assertive, especially when it comes to their kids, than a mother. And they got one on each arm. And one wrapped around each leg, and they're making a way through life. And it is not, uh, not easy by any measure. The strength that's demonstrated every single day by every single mother I know is beyond anything I would uh, ever uh, uh, want to have to deal with. And we have a God in heaven who is strong on our behalf. And is the match to, more than a match, to anything that challenges you. And especially, I like to think of this in terms of God's coming to our rescue. The Bible says he's a savior. Jesus is our savior. Uh, Hosanna, the, 
the often quoted um, word of praise means save now. Addressing God who is strong on our behalf and ready to come to our aid. That's our God. Just a couple more. In Psalm 63 verse 7, it says, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And the Bible says in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. There's nothing that delights a mother's heart more than seeing joy in their, in their children. And my daughter, my middle daughter, um, the mother of our grandson, who's with us this weekend, um, she has this thing with, with uh, Nolan where she gets him to sort of eat. You know, he does this thing. She goes, shake it, don't break it. So he go like this, you know. And to see her go, shake it, don't break it, Noli Bear. Just for the delight of seeing his face light up. It's just just for the joy that's involved in the moment. It has nothing to do. She's not training him for any future position at <laughs> IBM or something. You know, it's just shake it, don't break it, Noli Bear. I love that. Just pure, simple delight and joy. And there's something about being in the presence of God that causes all of the pain and all of the uh, distraction and the challenges of life to just fade away. And you're just shake it, don't break it, Noli Bear. You know? When we come together and worship God, we raise our hands, lift our voices, and try to, try to get out of our hearts those things that we feel about God and express them through song or spoken word. It's not supposed to be some sort of formal, uh, you know, or, or some sort of formality or some sort of way of earning something with God. It's supposed to just be simply, you know, enjoying God's presence. That's our God. That's our God. I said that we would come back to the verse that we began with, and, and I, I want to now. Matthew twenty three thirty seven. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And this speaks about forgiveness. I said that the city of Jerusalem, the people of Jerusalem, and symbolically the people of Israel didn't have a very good track record when it came to responding to God. And Jesus uh, poured out his heart in this lament because he knew that he was going to be rejected and he was going to be crucified at their hands. But it still was speaking his desire to forgive. And I love the fact that he uses the word often. How often I wanted to gather you I wanted for you to know my forgiveness, the release from this burden, this, uh, a recovery from this brokenness. How often? I, and I think about Peter when he came to Jesus and he, he said, Lord, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but how often am I supposed to forgive? Seven times? And Jesus said, you know this story, Jesus said, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, Peter may have known his timetables, I don't know. But, uh, and I doubt whether he had a you know, calculator he whipped out to try to figure out exactly what 70 times seven is. Because Jesus' point was, there is no limit to forgiveness, Peter. There's no limit to forgiveness. And I know this is true for um, every mom I know. 
And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, every mom I know gets, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, kicked in the gut by their kids. And it's probably more graphic than I needed to be, but it certainly feels like that, I'm sure. When someone that you've poured heart and soul in, carried around inside of you for nine months, turns on you and with venom in their voice, spits out some horrible thing in your face, that's got to be you know, beyond uh, description. Our God knows what that's like. In fact, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were still mocking him, while we were, while we were still disregarding him, Christ died for us. How often I would have gathered you as a, chick, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's the heart of God. And today, maybe as we close, we're, I'm done. <clears throat> As we close, maybe today, you need to receive the forgiveness that God offers you. Maybe you feel far from God today because you have either ignored him or defied him or uh, chose to live your life uh, apart from him. But let me tell you, he has never changed his opinion about you. He, the Bible says, was attending your... The, when you were being fashioned in your mother's womb, the Bible says God was there overseeing your development. He was carrying you in your gestation. And He has a heart for you greater than any earthly mom could ever have. And so even today, if you feel far from him, that's you, not him. Because he's never moved. He loves you. And he, like Jesus, when he said these words, is just offering you the opportunity to come back to him, to know his love and forgiveness.